Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Flo. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories. So of course we love Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely does not have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So every episode, we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast. This week, we're burying our former masters and students under a bunch of rubble to discuss the sixth and final episode of the new Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan Kenobi, titled bum, 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 Part 6. Who would have guessed? <laughs> oh, not the finale, not anything special, just part It six. is still listed on Disney Plus as the limited series finale, so. Yes. Uh-huh. All right, here we go. The episode was written by Stuart Beatty and Joby Harold and Andrew Stanton and directed by Deborah Chow. Be warned, there will be spoilers for this episode and all things Star Wars. Are you guys ready to get your asses back to Tatooine and watch Baru not put up with Owen's shit? For Baru? Yeah, okay. We can do that. Uh, Will it earn me a one-second force time with my old master or, like, no? (laughs) We'll see. I think think you might be happily surprised. Mm, Okay. Well, only if it's only one second. (laughs) (laughs) Is that all the time you need? Blip. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Just one real little blip. All right, then you two, let's punch it with an episode recap. We start out back on Tatooine. Reva, injured but still moving more or less as normal, is searching for Owen. Uh-oh. Up in space, Roken needs some more time to fix the hyperdrive because of course he does. He thinks he can do it, but the Star Destroyer is closing in on them. Obi-Wan volunteers to take a smaller craft to lead Vader away knowing his former Padawan will be entirely focused on him and let the refugees go. So true, he will. Everyone protests, but Kenobi is steadfast. He makes Haja promise to look after Leia while he's gone. Maybe not Which the best choice of babysitter. Yeah, I want to talk about Haja later. Oh my, oh my I God. love him because I love Kumal. I think if he was played by anyone else, it might not work for me, but because it's Kumal and I love him so much, I'm into it. All right, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, anyway, Owen and Luke are buying some supplies when a man named Darden Snall, great name, great. Uh, tells yeah. Owen that there's something he needs to know. After they get home, Owen tells Baru that Reva is in fact coming and they have to flee. They have to, they have to get out of the Dodge. Baru, who is apparently actually Sarah Connor in disguise, pulls out a bunch of hidden rifles and says that they aren't going anywhere. Great moment when Queen move. Owen says, and you know, Ben's not here. And she just looks at him and says, yeah, whose fault is that? Loved it. Before he leaves the ship, Obi-Wan gives Leia Tala's blaster holster, notably not giving an actual blaster to the 10-year-old, but get her started. Uh, And he departs, telling Rokin this burgeoning rebellion will need more leaders like him. Upon seeing the dropship leave, which we do find out later has a functioning hyperdrive, so why that wasn't in the plan, I'm not sure. Yeah, Um, no one knows. Vader orders the Devastator to pursue over the objections of the Grand Inquisitor who wants to focus on the larger group of path refugees and taking out this network once and for all. How is there not any force choking at this point? Like, I was like, I cannot believe that the Grand Inquisitor is like talking to Vader in this way. It was the only ones that does. It was 
crazy. Okay, so the next parts of the episode cut back and forth between the two battles. On Tatooine, Reva waits until dark to attack the Lard's homestead, which freaked me out. Then Owen and, per- and Baru put up a good fight, but the former Inquisitor breaks through. Baru gets Luke outside in the nick of time and tells him to run, which he does, which not very well. Like, Luke, not the most athletic kid I've ever seen. <laughs> not the most athletic kid. I still think he would have outstripped her, though, because she is still shot and he is 10, which means he basically has endless energy. Agreed. But is he just, like, allowed to run? Like, did he even he know, like, where, where he was going? going? I think he would know at least where he's he going. He seemed to know his way around that canyon. Okay. I mean, I don't know. He was the most silent running kid I've ever seen in my life. And I see a lot of running kids. So that was pretty weird. <laughs> so then, real crappy. <laughs> yeah, too. <laughs> Reva gives chase and she catches up to him in a canyon. She force pulls him down, knocking him out, which was really scary. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. obviously, you know, nothing's going to happen to Luke, but like, ugh. But before she can deliver the killing blow, she restrains herself, not wanting to do what Vader did to her in the temple and back on Jabim. It, the, the, like, flashing back and forth between, like, Luke's face and her face was, that was really powerful. I liked mm-hmm. that a lot. That part was well done. Yeah. I, I did It made sense it. that, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it made sense there for her to identify with Luke and empathize with him. We're going to talk a lot more about Reva and yeah. her place in the, in the episode <laughs> later. Meanwhile, Vader meets Obi-Wan on a desolate moon, and the two begin to duel. Obi-Wan is more or less back to full strength, and the fight is much more intense than their last encounter. Vader seemingly gains the upper hand and buries Kenobi alive under a pile of rubble, but the Jedi Master breaks free. He uses the Force to throw several boulders at his old student, which, rude, <laughs> breaks yeah. Vader's chest plate and slices open his helmet revealing the scarred face of Anakin Skywalker. So good. Oh, uh, I will talk about this also later. Yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan apologizes to his friend who retorts that it is he, Vader, who is responsible for what happened to Anakin. Vader killed Skywalker, not Obi-Wan. Kenobi accepts that his friend, his brother, is truly gone, and he leaves without killing him. We're yeah. also yeah. going to talk about that <laughs> later. <laughs> there was a lot of crazy... Um, so then Kenobi senses the trouble on Tatooine and he hightails it back. He sees Owen and Baru searching for Luke and goes out to find him. Like literally the second that he gets there, Reva emerges from the dark carrying Luke. He's still alive. She can't understand what made her hold back and she feels like she's still a monster. So Obi-Wan provides words of comfort, which would have been nice if he would have ever comforted fucking Anakin. Like, all of a sudden, you can comfort people, Obi-Wan? Get fucked. So anyways, he states she made the right choice, which is a start. And what happens next is still up to her. They're both free from the past that was holding them back. So I guess stay tuned to see what happens with Reva. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, back on Mustafar. <laughs> Vader's getting a performance review call from the Emperor. The My Sith friend. Lord wonders... Yes, his friend, quote unquote. <laughs> The Sith Lord wonders if his apprentice is still too focused on Kenobi that his feelings for his old master might be kind of clouding his judgment. Vader assures him Kenobi means nothing. Palpatine is his only master. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Safely back on Alderaan, Leia's getting ready to meet some new dignitary. She's not sure who, but she wears Talos holster belt, 
of which her mother approves and her father does too. Mm -hmm. And surprise, the guest is in fact Obi-Wan out there on the landing platform in an Alderanian ship for all to see in the open. (laughs) Uh, He's brought Lola back and he and the girl do share a true heartfelt goodbye. Obi-Wan tells the young princess about the traits she's inherited from her birth parents. This did justify this scene to me. Like I was like, Obi-Wan, what the fuck are you doing there? Like, there's no reason that it should be happening. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. I was obviously dead (laughs) during this scene. I was deceased. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Leia's like, I'm really glad to know this. And that's enough for me because she looks off and you can tell she has two amazing parents standing by her right now. Before leaving, Kenobi tells Bale that he knows where to find him if he ever needs a season two. I mean, help if he ever needs help. Right. <laughs> or season three. You never know how far they could go. We know exactly Obi-Wan. how far they could go. It's called well, Twin yeah. Sons. That's fair. Mm. Oh, man. If we got more mall, I would have to. <laughs> okay. Back on Tatooine, Obi-Wan meets with Owen and agrees that Luke needs to grow up as a normal boy. Yes. Thank you. Fucking finally, Jedi. And Kenobi will keep his distance. Before leaving, Owen allows Ben to meet Luke, which is really cute. So really, cute. Really, really cute. Owen's like, ugh, God, fine. I'll let you meet Luke. After a short greeting, Obi-Wan rides off into the desert, having packed up his cave, and he's moving to a new location, probably his little hut in the desert. On the way, though, the force ghost of none other than Qui-Gon Jinn finally appears to him, and the two move forward together. Kenobi finally ready to see what's next. And hopefully gets a really, really long, loud beratement by his old master. Hopefully. Whew. This was such a good episode. <laughs> it was, I liked five better, I think, but this one was also very good. I think yeah. we're gonna head into our overall reactions then, since I started going already. Yeah, do it. <laughs> I'm just excited. I was really happy with the episode. I really wanted to hear a Sachin reference or see cameos from other faves, but it really worked well as a finale that could lead into a new hope. Like just, this is what we get. And it's kind of like episode 3.5 heading into episode four, which I liked about it. I do want to discuss though, how these Disney plus series function in the star Wars universe. Like, can they, do they stand on their own or are they just a little too beholden to the canon material? Like when Obi-Wan cuts open Vader's mask and reveals Anakin, this was a very emotional moment and I did feel it, but I've already seen it. Like Rebels, Ahsoka cuts open Vader's mask and that scene was just so well executed and I wasn't prepared for when it happened. Like I had no idea what was going to happen there. And the vocal work from both, like everyone involved because Matt Lanter was there, James Earl Jones was there and Ashley Eckstein was there was just sensational and not that the scene in the finale wasn't great because you and mcgregor and hayden killed it like oh they, my God, absolutely it so they absolutely played did. this scene but it still felt like a replay for me and it lessened the impact a little bit which i didn't want i wanted to be happy and excited and sad that this moment was happening i was much more excited i think to watch reva battle with the lars family because i want more of the lars family <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily maybe more of reva I thought she was going to die, but maybe now yeah. she can be a gray Jedi and make even more fanboys angry. <laughs> I'd be here for that. So I just wanted to ask you guys, what do you think? Just because I felt more connected to Rebels and Clone Wars, 
do you think that the live action series can kind of stand a chance to shine above that if people have seen the other series? Because of course, if you haven't seen Clone Wars or Rebels, this scene is going to hit a lot harder. Mm -hmm. I think these shows have a good chance to stand on their own, but it also depends on what stories they're choosing to tell. If you chose to make, if you're choosing to make a a show about Obi-Wan Kenobi set in between periods where we know what's happening to Obi-Wan Kenobi, then you're, I mean, people talk a lot about the series having no stakes. And I do want to disagree with that on its point that the show does have stakes. It has stakes for characters that we, that we haven't met yet. Obviously had stakes for Tala. Still not happy about that. And that B. Yeah, and Ned B. B. Don't forget but Ned also, B. It has stakes for Vader and Kenobi as well. They're just not necessarily life and death stakes. They are right. the emotional reasoning why they make the decisions we know that they make. It's getting into their heads. And then that these series do have the ability to function on their own, but they're also, they can kind of have as much meaning as you want them to have. You could watch the entire Star Wars saga, skip this and be fine. Or you could watch it you could stick this into your rewatch thing and just watch it go with the flow. Mm-hmm. It's okay to do both. It's okay to like or dislike the different parts of it. Mm-hmm. So they can stand on their own. A lot of the times they are just kind of serving us up things that we know. And that's okay. I am a fan. Serve me. <laughs> yeah. Especially if it's going to be freaking Joel Edgerton and Baru being awesome. I am here for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I do feel more connected to the characters in Rebels uh, in Clone Wars. I just think that that, but I mean, Rebels had four, four seasons, seasons, four mm-hmm. seasons to build and to develop those characters and to focus on those characters without, without really tying directly into the main saga. It was mm-hmm. made as a side story, which helps it stand a little bit more on its own. Like right. the, mm-hmm. the stuff is there for you to spot, to connect it back, but mm-hmm. you don't really need to. Whereas a lot of this, it's just constructed in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. And it's know. not a standalone story either. It yeah. basically feels like it's part of the Skywalker saga. Right. How about you, Flo? Our newest Rebels watcher. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like my number one thing is that we have to remember that animation is just a different medium than live action. And so like things like budget don't get mm-hmm. in the way as much and they can do so much more because they don't have to account for people and they don't have to account for how will this look after the CGI, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So do I think this stands alone? Like, no, but do I want it to like also no? like this is a chapter of a bigger book, right? So yeah. like, I wouldn't just, this is not a one shot fan fiction. This is right like integral to the story and I think we're getting details that we didn't get before and I'm all for it so like give me every detail of everything um especially if it's Anakin (laughs) especially every detail of Anakin's body thank you um yeah I mean I I loved it so I mean again just like inject all of the Star Wars directly into Mm -hmm. my veins and I will be very happy is there more that I want to see yes Mm -hmm. like definitely a million percent so if they stop here I'll be unhappy but guess what we're getting Andor we're getting Ahsoka soon so let's go I think I'd be more upset if those two series weren't more standalone like this one we kind of knew what we were signing yeah 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 for Ahsoka and Andor it's like and the Acolyte and other series we don't know anything about really. We're expecting more 
differences. Yeah. Right. How about nice. you, Flo? How much did you I'm love so this episode? I felt about this episode. I loved this episode. <laughs> um, I had to wait a long time to watch it because I had internet issues. <laughs> so Whoa. I worked really hard. <laughs> Seriously. I had to work so hard not to get spoiled. And it all worked out for the most part. So that was really exciting. I think I just really appreciate all the fan service that was done in this episode. <laughs> I am sucker for fan service. So I'm sure we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but I, I felt like it was great. I didn't struggle with Reva as much as other people did. I didn't like love her or hate her. She was just kind of like a neutral character for me. Um, a gray character. Maybe a gray. (laughs) Yes. Well played. Well played. An anti-villain maybe. Oh my. (laughs) The only thing I will say is I was quite disappointed with the Qui-Gon reveal-ish. Mm, like, more. obviously, we knew he was coming. But, like, it kind of felt like frat boy Qui-Gon Jin, like, showing up <laughs> through the forest. Like, I don't know. Like, his presence was very, like, not Qui-Gon. And it was, like, kind of annoying to me. So, and I don't know. I don't feel like he said anything. I wish that he had maybe, like comforted obi-wan a little bit more like i needed obi-wan to have some comfort yeah i don't know it was it was tough but the battle was incredible just amazing so i can't complain too much Anders. well before i go i do want daniel was unable to be with us this week so i do want to make sure i read off his thoughts oh yeah his essential thoughts Mm -hmm. um so what Daniel really wanted to get across, he loved the emotional payoffs with Obi-Wan and Vader, Obi-Wan and Leia, and Obi-Wan and Reva. Uh, he feels Reva's redemption arc is hampered by Dark Side Redemption's being just kind of a bit played out, but her thematically does still make sense within the context of this story. Uh, please keep Kylo Ren a villain, damn it, is his last <laughs> thought. <laughs> and to hear I'm- more of Daniel's thoughts about Kylo Ren, listen to our Rise of Skywalker episode. <laughs> Yeah, I think this episode does have a ton of positives about it. Um, it worked really, really well as a finale. I'm kind of with you, Colleen. I think I liked episode five a little better, but I think that's kind of a pretty common pattern. Yeah. Um, when you get to like penultimate versus uh, finale episodes, the fight was amazing. I want to make sure I give props to Obi-Wan for using the force push, which I think is a really underutilized move among the Jedi. Like, why do you guys not do this more often? Anytime I'd see them like facing down a bunch of battle droids, I'm like, One of you could take out a hundred of these with a simple little push. And why aren't you doing this? Mace, get on that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we've talked a little bit there. Some people make some pretty baffling choices in the moment here. Um, But I just have one major question that this is the one thing that I kind of just can't kind of get over in my mind. Um, Why did Reva go to Tatooine? I, I don't understand. If her actual motivations of her character was to hunt down Vader, in what way is going to Tatooine here serving anything towards that goal? As far as she knows, it has absolutely nothing to do with him. She doesn't know who he is, quote unquote, in Bale's right. message. She does, there, there's she nothing it's here. It's connected to Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah, it's connected to Obi-Wan, who she only wanted to get to Vader. So right. why is she doing this? Um, I mean, it, I, it was kind of worth it to see Owen and Beru again. I did like seeing Baruch have her moment puts a lot more context around seeing their charred corpses and everything in a new hope, <laughs> because you realize how much of a fight they probably put up Yeah, for that. I'm guessing they put up a lot of, a I'm fight. guessing they put up a huge fight, but legitimately, like I was texting you guys about it. 
after I finished this episode, I took my dog for a walk. 10 minutes later, I was like sorting through all my thoughts in the episode and I felt like I was missing something. And I realized I'd completely forgotten Reva was even in it. (laughs) (laughs) I'd completely forgotten about, but I think that's because her arc ended last episode and they should have just left it there. And I really wish they had. Agreed. Similarly, if I'm being truthful, Leia's role in this story ended two episodes ago. And if we could have like written a way to get her out (laughs) back then faster so that they can she could still come back like for the reunion on the platform and everything because that was a great scene and i loved it but like she was just kind of there at the start and it was it was a little uneven for me and i mentioned this earlier i don't understand haja i love i love i love (laughs) camille nanjiani but like he is introduced it's like they're trying to make kind of like a han solo hondo-esque like yes a blend he's a blend like a criminal but he does have like a card of gold and is still kind of doing the right thing but it's just like so it's a stark contrast from him coming in and being like the fake jedi lying scoundrel to also a true believer we would need more backstory. Like, why yeah, is he so to, dedicated? Yeah, it just, it was very, it was overall just, his character was uneven, uh, I think, for me. Um, I agree. I, and I also think that, like, just the humor, like, the Haja-style humor took me out of the episode every time. Like, it tough. didn't feel like Star Wars humor. Mm-hmm. It was it's very new. strange. I think that yeah. would be better on Andor. Like, I think he would be mm-hmm. a really good addition to Andor, which is mm-hmm. going to be just a dark as fuck yeah. story i think in and of itself good you can use a little bit of levity because at least like leia and obi-wan's interactions were funny like they had humor they were in yeah these definitely episodes so maybe move haja over into something that is uber serious because like rogue one damn that is some yeah. bleak shit and they have k2 being funny like unintentionally funny but still very funny yeah so you kind of need that but here we already had it so you don't necessarily need our little criminal with the heart, <laughs> the proto Hondo. Could it just could it just put Hondo in? It would have worked anyway. Mm-hmm. But overall, like I did, still really I enjoyed watching this episode. This is one of the only ones that I actually went back and rewatched. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend I to just because it was too dark. <laughs> I tend to not rewatch a ton of stuff just because there's so much <laughs> so much content out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did I did make sure I went back and rewatched this one. And I like the series as a whole. It was fun. It narratively hung together a lot better than Boba Fett did. Yeah. Um, Felt like they knew what they wanted here. Yeah. And I think that overall, this was a this is a good addition. This was a pretty solid addition to what is Flo's favorite thing. This whole series is basically a glorified side quest. <laughs> God damn it, Anders. You didn't have to bring that up. <laughs> It was a good side quest, though. <laughs> it's a really good one. Absolutely. It was a good one, only because we got Kid Leia. But if it had been anybody else, I would have said, this is worthless. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to head into our next section, our homages, which there will be a lot of. Easter eggs, connections, and callbacks. Flo, do you want to get us started? I do. Okay, so the path refugees fleeing the Star Destroyer is a pretty direct callback to the opening of A New Hope and the chasing down of the Tantive Four. Why the Devastator doesn't use a tractor beam is currently beyond us. Like, make it easy on yourselves, people. I don't understand. We know you have one. Yeah, like, just use what you got, people. Right. Are you out of range? It doesn't seem like you would be. Uh, No, they were, like, on their asses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Fire a laser beam up her nose. <laughs> oh, that's up her nose. I said across it. All right. Next, we have Tessin. Broken mentions that the plan is for the Path Rebels to head to Tessin. This is a new planet in the Star Wars universe, but the word Tessin is a traditional Japanese fan that a samurai could carry and weaponize when needed. Like, oh, the Ronin should have this. That would be amazing. Uh, a nice nod to Star Wars influences from the Akira Kurosawa films, of course. Except we have Obi-Wan leaving Leia. So his decision to kind of leave Leia behind in order to face Vader alone is a pretty direct mirror to Luke's decision at the end of Return of the Jedi. We mentioned before how there's a theory that every single episode in this series maps on to one of the the prequel trilogy or the uh the original trilogy films and this there are several callbacks to return of the jedi here yeah and speaking of callbacks this episode is full of lines lifted directly from other star wars movies and series we're going to talk about several of these i'm sure um but the one i want to talk about was luke not being afraid um he says that pretty often especially to like yoda anyways <laughs> Um, thankfully, Owen doesn't tell <laughs> very young, sweet, innocent Luke, you will be. <laughs> Not afraid. You yeah. will be. You will Bruce, be. like, shut up. <laughs> Owen's just like, I know. Unbelievable stuff. Like, yeah, you're an obnoxious little twerp, but we're going to have to deal with you again. <laughs> oh, I love Owen so much. He's great. All right, this is a pretty big section, so we've broken it down. This is Obi-Wan versus Vader redo. Let's do it. Lots, lots going on here, folks. All right, I will do what I must. Obi-Wan repeats his line from Revenge of the Sith to Anakin. Hmm. When he said that, too, I was also thinking of when Anakin was like, what would, I think it was Obi, who was like, what would Padme do? And Mm -hmm. Anakin goes, she would do her duty. And it was just like, it just made me think of that so much. It was just like, God, so good. Um, We also see Obi-Wan resuming his form three stance, complete with fingers out front. It was great. Mm -hmm. Everything about it. It's like, he did the thing. Yeah, he did the thing. (laughs) (laughs) I was very excited about that. Uh, This one, yay. Twilight of the Apprentice from Rebels. Not only is the helmet sliced directly from this incredible Rebels episode, but Vader reuses the same line, then you will die. Yikes. Still scary. Still really good. And I like the voice modulation. Yes. So excellent. So well done. The position of Obi-Wan's slice also lines up with the scar that Vader has at the end of Return of the Jedi, which is really cool. And I think they slice opposite sides of his face. They do. Opposite sides of his helmet. So Obi-Wan gets one side and Ahsoka gets the other. So they couldn't break Vader completely. Yeah, but then Luke Luke... has to do that. Take off his helmet at the very end. Mm -hmm. It's like poetry rhymes. (laughs) (laughs) This one, while this may not be like an intentional thing, they don't don't actually call it out. But a lot of fans have noted that when Obi-Wan is buried, um, Vader may think he's one because now he has the high ground. Let me tell you, Anders, the way I screamed at my TV because I was like, they're going to say it. And I was like tapping Keith. And I was just like, oh my God, they're going to say it. He's going to say I have the high ground. And then they didn't. And it was such a wasted opportunity. I could not. <laughs> they couldn't lift every line. <laughs> but they should have because I would have loved it. <sighs> you know what is something that they did use though? A very tried and true trope of fantasy storytelling 
when Obi-Wan is almost defeated, he finds strength in thinking of who he's fighting for. And he thinks of Luke and Leia, Mm -hmm. which was very sweet. Love. Love always works. That's right. Love (laughs) Love conquers all. Except when it makes you turn to the dark side and your wife dies of sadness. Sure. Except for then. That's the one time. (laughs) That was love twisted. Or Mitchell's versus the machines when the tech CEO guy's like, what about love though? And the phone's like, fuck love. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a good movie. Yeah. (laughs) Next up, uh, Obi-Wan does throw the boulders at Vader. And this is kind of like a twofold one. There have been several times when characters have used the force to throw objects at each other as a means of distracting. Vader does it uh, in Cloud City to Luke. Maul doesn't really throw things at people. He does that weird, like he throws some canisters or something (laughs) in Phantom Menace. Um, And then also just the way Obi-Wan is framed here, it looks very much like Rey in Last Jedi when she's freeing the resistance fighters out of the caves. Mm -hmm. Love that shot. Also a little like Jesus-y with the heart. Yeah, it was a little bit Jesus-y. We're just going to give more fodder for the older people who have the pictures of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan being Jesus. Oh man, I'm always here for those. This one got me too. It really, really got me. Hayden knocking it out of park here. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. The line that gives Obi-Wan permission to tell the story to Luke from this certain point of view. Like, this was very powerful. Like, it, yeah. Ugh. Anakin basically yeah. being like, You didn't do it to me, master. I did it to myself. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> Good job, Anakin. It was amazing. Next up, we have Obi-Wan mirroring another of Luke's lines from Return of the Jedi. In Return of the Jedi, Luke goes that my father is truly dead. Uh, And here, Obi-Wan comes to the realization that my friend is truly dead. Yet you you still don't kill him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because... We're going to have a chat about that. Casual. (laughs) But he does say goodbye to him. (laughs) Um, So there's a very small line that Obi tells Anakin as he's leaving, or I guess not Anakin anymore because Anakin's dead. He says, goodbye, Darth. First of all, this broke my heart that like all of a sudden, like he truly is realizing like Anakin Skywalker is not here in this place with me. But it also sets up Obi-Wan for referring to Vader as Darth during their Death Star battle in A New Hope. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's a little bit crazy that Obi-Wan might not know that Darth is a title like <laughs> that's nuts considering the jedi were woefully unprepared for the sith to reemerge. i guess it kind of tracks but like still dude like maybe do like a little bit of reading ever heard of darth plagueis the wise apparently darth not bane. yeah uh-huh. darth bane although it seems like yoda really kept a, a lid tight on shit like that unbelievable shit i blame yoda oh yeah yoda can be blamed for so many things everything <laughs> Whew. all right Next, we have Reva's choice. While it does not, quote unquote, redeem her completely, Obi-Wan provides context for her choice that some of us might want to remember, that in that final moment, she was able to choose the right path. No matter how far she fell, there was a sliver of hope. This is a reflection of the choice Vader will ultimately make when he saves Luke on the Death Star 2 in Return of the Jedi. Mm. And it, it doesn't completely make her a good person. No, no. just like it doesn't actually know. make Anakin a good person in the end. Right. Right. Agreed. So she wasn't really redeemed. She just didn't kill Luke, but she's killed a lot of other people. <laughs> like, let's be fair. That's the other thing about her, though. Like, just 
Luke cannot be the first potential youngling that she would have sliced down with that lightsaber. That was another thing that was confusing to me. I was like, why, why this one? Why not? Why? Right. Mm -hmm. No, a million percent. I thought of that too. Cause it's like, you've clearly like kidnapped a bunch of kids slash murdered force sensitive. And like you were chasing for Leia and like you had her and you were about to torture her, but like all of a sudden Luke, you can't. Like, Luke, is, Luke is too special. <laughs> well, you know who else is special, Colleen? Who? Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, and he somehow, is. <laughs> somehow that dude returned again because that's just what he does. So we're assuming that they probably called Ian McDermott and asked if he wanted a check, and he said yes. Mm-hmm. So here he is. He's uh, making an appearance. He's on a Zoom call with Vader on Mustafar, and he's uh, asking for, you know, unwavering loyalty from vader don't even mm-hmm. think about obi-wan obi-wan ain't shit <laughs> that's right that's right i am your number one boo <laughs> very possessive yes very possessive <laughs> all right next up we do have obi-wan he finally says the thing he finally does the line amen Hello there i mean is so it good. would it have been possible for us to have actually gone without this line for the full series i think absolutely not no, no but also like i wanted somebody to respond with general kenobi like <laughs> they could have made that happen right like they could have figured that one out i i'm mm-hmm. just like it would have been so good um Obi-Wan's outfit at the end of the series is exactly what he wears in star wars number 15 which obviously i have not read but so I hear a comic that chronicles some of his life protecting Luke and the Larses from afar later on in the timeline. So that's a nice little nod to our, our comic readers. Mm-hmm. He's always busy. Like Obi-Wan, he's not doing shit, but he's still, he's still pretty busy. <laughs> Obi-Wan needs a better hobby. He does. Like Besides cutting up sand a, art. A, oh, he uh, could do sand art. He could do sand art. He could like, knit some stuff i don't know he's like really into like woolens i think so. the jedi do make their own robes like it's homespun fabric Perfect. so he probably he should does. do that <laughs> out okay. of his eobie's hair <laughs> i was just thinking that too Gross. thank god the eobie is still alive everyone we need to throw that in there also <laughs> that's probably why he's feeding it like so much protein from that giant animal from the beginning he's like i need mm-hmm. to get its hair looking Perfection. shiny and sleek that's right egg whites and meat only mm-hmm. all right last but not least we have Qui-Gon Jinn's return we all called it Liam Neeson appears as Qui-Gon and is ready to help his former Padawan in the next days of his journey like Flo said pretty sassy like, pretty freaking sassy standing out there being like Obi-Wan we need to go into this crevasse and talk <laughs> also just like appearing not like not like yeah. waiting for Obi-Wan to meditate and like right. call no. out and reach it's just like oh yeah I could have done this anytime you just weren't ready it, feels it so was bad. so sudden and it was so weird and I don't know what it was about that Qui-Gon appearance but like I ex- literally expected him to come out holding a surfboard I was like <laughs> why are you talking to him like this like this is not the same person who talked to Shmi about like how special her son is. Well, it, it was just so he was weird. trying to he was trying to woo Shmi. <laughs> oh, well, obviously, I think it worked too. Let's all agree. Oh that. yeah, it totally worked. Oh, definitely. totally banged. Oh, a million <laughs> percent. Anakin just calls him stepdaddy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, so before we get into questions and predictions, I want to talk a little bit about 
one thing Qui-Gon should be yelling at Obi-Wan about, why didn't you fucking kill Vader this time? This, for yeah. me, is a huge issue. So many people die because Obi-Wan couldn't do it again. Although it seemed like this time he accepted that Anakin was gone. Like at least Right, that so was now you're only read. facing Vader, an actual enemy combatant. Right. Why, why not do it? And he leaves him there. This is horrible. Like Ben floating through space on the Falcon and he's like, oh no, Alderaan's gone. Shit. So <laughs> I do, I do have theories on this. I mean, obviously, yes, he can't because we have to have the original trilogy. Right. But also thinking about it from the perspective of almost like fate. Like if, if he doesn't show mercy in this moment, if he does take out Vader, Palpatine wins the war in the end. Like yeah, maybe Luke still joins the rebellion, but he doesn't get close enough. He doesn't utilize that connection to Vader and Vader doesn't ultimately take out the emperor. This is like the Gollum conundrum, right? Mm-hmm. Could you have avoided the full War of the Ring? <laughs> but you the needed Gollum in that moment, in the right time, from that moment of mercy. Mm-hmm. And it's like their attempt to do that. Now, could there have been a better way to do that? Maybe. <laughs> I still think it would have made more sense to have some kind of obstacle end up getting between them so that like they're yeah. both forced to flee. <laughs> yes. Or they think they kill each other. Something. Well, yeah, happens. or they think something like that, as opposed to a very direct, I'm just going to walk away. Right. Which is like really bad look. <laughs> it's not, not a great, not a great look when you know how powerful he is and where he is in like the hierarchy. It just does not look good. Flo, what do you think? I mean, we can't kill Hayden, I mean, obviously. Yeah. It's so hard because like we couldn't kill Vader. We just couldn't. It wasn't possible. So we mm-hmm. knew that he couldn't. I'm going to blame it on his Jedi training that like they kind of like learn to stop. Mm-hmm. But it's a problem for the Inquisitors. They that's why sure. Vader cuts their limbs off is because they start they stop. Right. I I just I don't think Obi had it in him. Like mm-hmm. I, I think he was holding on. Like he can say like that my friend is truly dead, but like I don't know that he was really believing that. I think he held on to hope mm-hmm. and soon we get a new hope and yeah. that new hope will finally free Anakin from Vader yes in death except Obi-Wan tells Luke to kill him. <laughs> that is correct well it's more do as I say not as I do kind of does he does yeah indirectly he takes yeah. that helmet off I think the helmet was kaput <laughs> that time i think he'd got fried way too hard by palpatine yeah lightninging him to that yeah Whew. okay now we're gonna head into our questions we don't really have a ton of questions of course but like things we might want to see later on i i had to bring up this again leia running to lola instead of obi-wan <laughs> fucking amazing so good. that will live in my heart forever because that is exactly what a kid would do They'd be oh, like, she does oh. it later on too. Remember when Han dies and she goes to Ray instead of Chewbacca, her lifelong friend and mm-hmm. Han's best friend. Yeah, that was mm, also an interesting directing choice <laughs> when she did that. Wow. I also loved Owen and Baru that they were ready to give up their lives to protect Luke. When Owen says that Luke is his own, 
I was like, ah. that, was that was a great so moment. So beautiful. It was perfection. I think Joel Edgerton may have the performance of the series. Yeah. Considering, I mean, Owen, it, it's just amazing. He was fantastic. And Baru too. Amazing. They did so much with roles that really could be one note, especially from the original movie. They seem fairly one note, but here it gives them a nice full, fully fledged look. I'd love to see a comic or a novel from them. There is some content with Owen and Baru, but not enough, especially if we know that Baru is this bad. <laughs> I want to see Dude. Or, like maybe talk, talking with the Tuscan Raiders, being like, yeah, Tuscan Raiders, I speak their language. It's fine. <laughs> they don't attack us for this very reason. Um, for what I want to see, I have to include our friend Sloan because we will harp <laughs> on this forever. We want, oh, we wanted to talk about Satine. If there is a season yeah. two, I want Qui-Gon to sit down with Obi-Wan and flesh out his issues and his failures or what he would see as his failures because Obi-Wan, he needs therapy. Qui-Gon is basically going to be his therapist. (laughs) He's going to sit there and listen to him and learn how to become a force ghost because I don't think you can become a force ghost unless you let go of everything. Like you come to, or you come to peace with who you are and what you've done in your life. I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the only ways you can do it at least from what Yoda seems to learn from those weird people, the weird fates kind of people in Clone Wars. I don't trust what Yoda says at all, so. That's fair. He was under like some weird drug thing too in those episodes. (laughs) It was a whole thing. But I mean, eventually he does just kind of give up. He's tired of listening to Luke's shit. shit, So he just lets it all go and dies. He's like, I'm I'm ready now. Why (laughs) didn't I get that? (laughs) Yeah, bye-bye everybody. Um, I know there are time constraints, but then Quinlan got a name drop. Could we at least have like name dropped Satine a little bit? Because nobody yeah. knows who Quinlan is either. Somebody no, but no, like... but it's but Quinlan, you just from context you can figure out that he's a Jedi. Like Satine yes. would take more of a story. Satine takes more of a story because unfortunately I forget if we were talking about this last episode or if we were talking about it offline, like after we had hit Stop. We just on talked it. about Satine a lot. We do. And I love Satine. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love Duchess Satine. But you, Flo, you were talking about this earlier. Like animation is just a different kind of medium. And unfortunately, there are some people who just like won't watch Clone Wars or and don't don't look at me like that. And don't have the benefit of Colleen and I to just constantly fill them in on everything they need to know. (laughs) So Flo is actually somewhat familiar with who Satine is. Yeah. The but. volume in this Zoom is unbelievable right now. <laughs> Attention. Hold out. Hold out. Anyway, but Flo, I mean, but that's not because you're unwilling to watch animation. No, it's not. It's absolutely it not. It's Clone not. Like, there are people who it's just, just will not lot. connect with that because it's an animated series. And unfortunately, like, that's where Satine's stuff is fleshed out. So if you're going to name drop her, you have to give enough context for us to know who she is and what kind of impact she has on right. Obi-Wan's life. And you need a lot of time to do that because you, for people who have watched only the films and you know maybe they've seen this, they've watched Mandalorian or whatever, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan is this amazing great Jedi. You can't just drop the bomb of, Oh yeah, and he had a girlfriend right. <laughs> that he was You'd totally need... in love with. It's just like, wait, what? Right. The we only time we've seen that to talk to <laughs> is... uh, Mando about it. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. Need something to give that kind of context around it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Reva too. I'd love to see Reva again. Whether season two, comics, books, I just want to know where she's going. Bounty hunter, 
hell yeah, that'd be great. Coruscant. We know Flo loves Coruscant. Bring us back to Coruscant. Give us that lower levels stuff. So you basically want her to be a new Ventress. That'd be great. I'm here for it. Yep. (laughs) If we can't have real Ventress, we can have Reva. That's right. We can have Reva. She's the Kirkland Ventress. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I don't have that many questions. Things that I am obviously wondering about are what will Qui-Gon do with Obi? How will that change Obi? I don't know that I like need to see it per se, but if we do get a season two, like maybe some sort of like quick flashback or quick montage of like what's been going on would be nice. I want to see Leia in junior Senate that I need immediately. Mm-hmm. I need to see all of little Leia. You got to read princess of Alderaan. I know. Uh, oh, so much to read. I want to hear more just from Leia about how she feels about all that Obi has now told her. Like, yes, you're totally right, Anders. Like, we could tell that she was, like, coming to terms with the fact that, like, she is an Organa, but she's also this other thing, too. And Mm -hmm. she doesn't quite know what that is, but it is her. Mm -hmm. I just, like, want to see her explore that a little bit, especially after we get, you know, Owen... And his, like, he is mine. And, like, we've gotten similar things from Bale. Like, Mm -hmm. you are an Organa. And it's just, like, it's so beautiful. And I would really like to explore that more. um, And just kind of, like, how family and the lack of biological parents involved kind of affected Luke and Leia. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just thought, like, those moments of the series were the most powerful for me. And so I'd love to explore those a little bit more. Um, Besides that, like... I'm pretty chill. Give me all the Anakin, obviously. <laughs> like, if we get a season two, I need at least three flashback episodes. And one of them could have Satine in it, too. Like, I will share the floor. Um, but yeah, one of the best of parts of Clone Wars is when Anakin finds out about Satine. And it's like, I'll go that way. You go save your girlfriend. And Obi-Wan's like, yes, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. So I... Yeah, I will take all of those flashbacks. Like, I just want to see, like, these weird, like, connecting rooms in which, like, Anakin and Padme are in one, and Obi and Satine are in another, and it's just, like, very awkward. (laughs) Okay, good night, then. (laughs) When Satine and Padme are kind of friends, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, why wouldn't they be? Two strong Mm -hmm. women in leadership. Mm Mm-hmm. And of course we add Leia to that. So it would be nice to see how all these women have kind of shaped Leia Mm -hmm. kind of unknowingly to, to her. So anyways, I loved it. That was great. Um, Give me all the content. So for me, I mean, do I want a season two? Not particularly, but I'm sure I'd enjoy it if they did it. Like this was a great standalone volume Mm -hmm. of star Wars that gave us a lot of answers to some things we'd been curious about. They delivered on the initial promise, like when they announced this series and they basically said from the start, this is the rematch from Mustafar. I think they gave Uh us a very well executed version of that. Yes. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, there are just so many other stories and characters and things to mine for this franchise to actually really branch out. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we talked about Satine. 
give me the prequel. Give me them meeting and that year that they had on Mandalore Mm -hmm. and to really get into Obi-Wan's mind and hers during that period. Mm -hmm. Um, We're boning. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. (laughs) I mean, they were what, like 15? 17. Oh, they were 17. Okay. Yeah. Then they were boning. But I think that there's just so much other stuff, like whatever the heck Taika Waititi is going to come up with. Yes. I'm so excited. After, in my opinion, I think I, I just want him to take another crack at the holiday special. He's the perfect director for that. You yeah. and the holiday special. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm very here for it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I just think there's a lot of stuff out there that they could take. They could still do things like this which are kind of like direct fan service things and branch out and take some more risks, which is yeah. what I really would love to see from the franchise moving forward. Because we all know Ahsoka is basically going to be fan service, <laughs> but it's going God. to be fan service to a different set of fans. Yeah. Let's hope so. Because really I'm ready. I'm ready. Like, give it to me now. <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> Although I am excited for Andor. I think it's going to be really good. I'm Andor. really excited for Andor. Me too. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up there today. So thank you all for joining us. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWpod. Follow us wherever you're getting that po- your podcast, whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, whatever. Hit that follow button. Give us some five-star reviews. Uh, you can check out all of our previous episodes on Star Wars Films, Visions, The Book of Boba Fett. Uh, find all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family over at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can find all three of us over on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast. And you can also find Colleen's Star Wars book reviews on BohemianGeekStudies.com. There is a lot more Star Wars content coming this year. We already mentioned Andor. We're getting Tales of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Season two of The Bad Batch, which I surprised how much I'm looking forward to. Really am. The trailer looked really good. The trailer looked so good. But not to mention the most important one coming out, (laughs) the Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation Special. (laughs) We will be coming to you with all of the minute-by-minute details of that. Oh, my God. That trailer just looks so much fun. (laughs) I'm ready for it. Lego Palpatine is the best Palpatine. In our email, Bohemian (laughs) Earth, another Star Wars, whatever. Find us somehow and just roast Anders for his love of all Lego Star Wars. It's so good. It's though. so good. It's yes, so he comes with me. I agree, but it's still hilarious how hard you stand it. I absolutely stand. I stand all Lego content. All right. Star Wars, Jurassic Worlds, Ninjago. Ninjago. Love me some Ninjago. Wild shit happening in Ninjago. <laughs> but until next time, everybody. Keep hurling those rocks at your former students and keep an eye on young Luke. Yeah, he's prone to injuries. injuries. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.